you react to vitamin C, it's not very unlikely to be the vitamin C you're reacting to, it's everything else. So to your point, the delivery agents is also concentrations and the fact that if you're using a water-soluble vitamin C, which is actually usually the culprits for most, it sounds oh, interesting, it's different for you, it's because for that vitamin C to stay active, because water-soluble vitamin C is so unstable, you have to keep it at a pH of 3.5 for it to stay at all active. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. Hi friends, did you know that the average woman uses around 160 chemicals, 160 chemicals before she leaves the house in the morning? I'm sure not you listening to this podcast, uh, because I'm sure you're pretty vigilant with the kind of personal care products that you're using. But that is the average woman, as what I read, uses 160 different or is exposed to 160 different chemicals, which is staggering. And it really underlines the need for us to be detoxing effectively, but also really to be seeking out products that don't involve lots of toxic chemicals. And that's why I'm excited to bring you today's guest. Uh, she is Sarah Brown, the CEO and founder of Pi Skincare, which is an organic skincare brand that is also a high performance skincare brand using natural plant chemicals to bring you those results. Now, Sarah actually developed this range after her own problems with challenging skin. She had chronic urticaria, which you'll hear about in her mid-20s. And that was when she started mixing her own formulations from her garage, really as a last-ditch solution for her hyperreactive skin. And we talk about skin and the effects of stress specifically on the skin and how it can affect things like urticaria, which if, if you haven't come across um, and you've been fortunate enough not to experience it, is really severe hives, um, can be very, very important inflammatory and uncomfortable for the person and we talk about how stress impacts the skin uh, in a really big way also gut health uh, food intolerances things like that but what you put on your skin topically can also make a big difference and it's really important to use products that don't involve um, any kind of nasties and if you haven't already you should definitely check out the website ewg.org they have a really good list of products uh, which ones are safe to use which ones aren't uh, and they give a really good rating and their their um, list is expanding all the time so that's ewg.org that's quite a good one to look at um, there are also various apps that you can use to determine what's in skincare um, so we are getting more and more aware awareness around this um, but pie was launched by sarah back in 2007 and that was a time when the organic category was underdeveloped and clean beauty wasn't really a thing at that point so she's one of the early champions of certified organic responsibly cultivated ingredients and she's absolutely passionate about this i learned a lot on this episode about um, the ingredients that we want to look for in terms of anti-aging skincare and also um, what we don't want to find there and the different delivery systems how peptides can help you uh, produce more collagen naturally in the skin and a whole lot more so without further delay let me introduce you now to the lovely sarah brown so I'm very excited to have with me today, Sarah Brown, who is the founder of Pi Skincare. Uh, it's lovely to have you here, Sarah. We were just sat chatting offline about how products can be both natural, organic and performance-based products. And I must say, I'm really excited by that kind of trio. And I know, I know listeners will be as well. First of all, before we dive in, a very warm welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I think, you know, what excites me about this actually is that um, 
So often women, I was reading that actually the average woman before she leaves the house in the morning has basically uh, put around 160 different chemicals on her as the average woman, which when you just think is crazy. We live in such a toxic world. And obviously that's putting pressure on the liver and all our detoxification processes within the body. And I think so many people now are trying to embrace a more natural approach, but then they think, oh, as, as we were saying, you know, am I going to miss out on the science if I do this? And how can I have all those performance benefits and anti-aging benefits and everything that I want out of a really good quality skincare product? Uh, so I was very excited when I, when I heard that you combine the science with the natural. Yes. Well, in our world, natural is natural science. So, you know, the way we formulate with beautiful ingredients, we're harnessing the properties from nature, but it's a deeply scientific process. Um, yeah. But you absolutely can get extraordinary performance from natural ingredients. It's exciting. Yes. So we're going to dive into that today. Um, first of all, I know that you had, this was all kind of started on the back of your own skin challenges. Uh, something super common that people struggle with, urticaria. Um, anyone listening who hasn't heard of that kind of complicated name before probably hasn't encountered it, but people who have will. Um, can you just share a little bit more about what happened, what that condition is, and, and your journey really to arriving here? Sure. I mean, how long do you have? Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I have to go back 20 years, really. And uh, I have the chronic form of urticaria. Um, actually, this, the, there may well be people listening who maybe have not had a diagnosis, but when I start to talk about it, they'll go, oh, that's what I have. And we see mm -hmm. that a lot. It's not some, it's actually very common, but it's not, it's not commonly talked about like eczema, like psoriasis, like rosacea. It just doesn't get the same airtime, which is why I always love these opportunities to talk about it because there's many people out there who aren't getting the help they need. But so mine started in one night. One night. So prior to that, my skin was fine. Not amazing, but it was fine. And I woke up in one night in the, in the middle of the night. I'm itching like I cannot describe. I mean, it, until you've experienced this level of itching, it, it's very hard to describe. Um, and the more, it's very compulsive itching. So as you itch and as you scratch urticaria, then the rash moves as you itch. So you, it very quickly spreads. I always describe urticaria like a wildfire because it is a very good analogy in terms of the speed that it moves across the body and the heat. So it spreads very, very quickly. I had in minutes uh, um, hives, so it's very raised wheels and hives over 80% of my body. And then the heat comes and your skin feels so hot to the touch. It, you honestly feel like you're going to combust. And I had to get in a cold bath. I mean, this happened for the first time in one night and I sat in a cold bath thinking, what on earth? Have I eaten? Because mm. yeah, I that guess that's the first thing I was think. thinking as you're saying this. I yes, is it some, yeah, is it some sort of anaphylactic reaction? I couldn't think of anything that I hadn't eaten before. And then it then it passed. Um, and then the next night it happened again. And then it, it was so extreme and so odd. I took myself off to the GP very quickly, actually. And I was very lucky because I got diagnosed really quickly. And I think it's because my it was such an extreme response. And you know, reflecting back on it years later, I think it was an, it was triggered by a bee sting because I'd had a bee sting a few weeks before and I'd had a very bad reaction to it. And I have bee allergy in the family. I'd never been allergic to bees before, but I had a terrible reaction, very swollen back for ages. And then this seemed to trigger in me and that they are quite closely linked. So I then got diagnosed um, by the GP then, sorry, referred me to Charing Cross Hospital where I went and, and 
went to various clinics there, had a lot of my blood tested and um, and they did run tests and said, yeah, you're classic chronic urticaria. So I went away with at least a diagnosis, which is great, half the battle. The problem is, is that the kind of the words that followed were, it's idiopathic. And for those who don't know what that means, it means of unknown cause. And many skin conditions are idiopathic. Um, actually, many conditions, many autoimmune conditions are idiopathic. And I will say it's one word that I think is a miserable word to hear because it's sort of, it means that there's not a lot of solutions for you. Mm. And I was sort of sent on my way with very, very high strength antihistamines to take day and nights. The night ones were so strong, felt rotten on them. And they said, yeah, just take them for life. <laughs> and I said, but, you know, is the, it's such, I, when I react and when I trigger, it's so bad, you know, I can't, it's really, um, it, it really affects your life. It's really inhibiting. And, and there was just no answers. I said, it feels worse when I'm just before my period. It's no connection, which is nonsense because it's very linked to hormones. Uh, I knew there were certain foods or so I knew there were triggers. There were different triggers for me. It wasn't the cause, but that would trigger a flare up. And I was repeatedly told, you can't control this. No. And it was the worst thing you can say to someone mm, with any so skin condition. You can't control this. And those were the words that I was told. And this is 20 years ago. And actually, what's really interesting is back then, I think, you know, fortunately, things have moved on a lot. But instinctively, I knew that, that when I reacted, it was, it was linked to other things not caused by, but linked to other things like whether I was run down, um, you know, where I was in my menstrual cycle, where, what I'd eaten. And I, I went and particularly when I was stressed. So I could literally, you know, I can, and now it's so funny, the impact of the mind. I could, if I really willed myself, I could probably will a, a flare up <laughs> and it sounds absurd, but you can, it's just, it's an extraordinary thing. And I knew stress was a big trigger for me, but but I had to find that out on my, you know, myself and I had to, you know, it was just that there wasn't this connection to the sort of the, these other impacts on skin. Um, but, we, you know, we have very finely tuned bodies and they all interconnect mm. and that's, and it's so obvious now, but it, it weirdly wasn't. And I had to, I knew it myself, but I had to kind of write everything down and that, so I lived with this condition for a really, really long time. Oh, did you? Um, and it's quite, it's quite concerning years. what you were saying about the antihistamines there, because some of them that you're taking at night mm. uh, over a long-term basis have actually mm. been linked to really affecting the brain and memory formation and things like that. And I think often it's not thought about what are the long-term effects of mm. those pharmaceuticals, even though, you know, yeah. seemingly it seems rather innocuous actually when they're taken consistently. Yes. And, I, and the, the ones at night were definitely higher strength. And I think um, for me, you know, I, they were a real crutch. And, you know, people, you know, some people say, I would never leave the house without lipstick. I would never leave the house without a pack of antihistamines in my bag. I just couldn't. And I always remember the last antihistamine I took was on my wedding day, you know, many years ago now, but I was determined. And, and I now manage the condition in different ways. I still have it. And I think it's important to say that because, I, you know, I think, skin conditions in their truest form. So there's different types of sensitive skin. There's core sensitive, which are the conditions like the ones I mentioned. So urticaria, eczema, psoriasis, acne. And then the sensitized skin, which is more environmental. So it might be a reaction to a, an ingredient in your skincare. It might be something else. It might be medication. It might be, but it's more transitory and you can manage that much more easily. But most conditions will stay and, and they can be managed um, away. Uh, but just not always entirely. And, and I'm, 
very lucky now because my skin is so well managed and I, I almost never react now. I do occasionally, but it's mild and it's, but it's, and I, do you know what? And it goes back to this point about the mind. When I react, it's, I think it's because I'm so comfortable now and I understand my skin now that it's not as acute Mm. and I'm not bothered by it. I'm not upset by it. And so it's, it's a calmer experience and it's so it calms very quickly. And I, I do think this, there is that. And, and it's like, you know, one of my, ironically, when I, you know, when my skin was at its most challenging, I was working in the States for a wine in wine brand. It's a fantastic job. I loved it. But wine is a really big trigger for me. Um, I think it's a big trigger for a lot of people, it isn't is. it? I, mean, I think you see the nose go red, you get that histamine yes. reaction, it aggravates yeah. rosacea, yeah. it's not great for hormones. Yes. But interestingly for me, I mean, I got into granular detail about food. And so I know that old world wine tends to be better for me than new world. It's really funny. And actually you start to learn these things about yourself. But um, yeah, I, um, but you know, and I was working in the wine industry and wine was, I knew it was a really bad trigger. Um, but I love wine. I really appreciate a glass of red wine. Still, I will still drink wine, but I'm in control. And that's mm. the difference. I, you know, that is a choice. I'm not going to forego that glass of wine because I want that glass of wine. And then you know that if you do react, it's your choice. And it's, it changes the whole dynamic of skin because you're in the driving seat. And that's what we try to do at Pi. We, we offer a free service for people just to come and talk to us because I, I've walked in those shoes so much. And I know what it's like when you get into a skin rut and you cannot find and navigate your way out. And, you know, the industry I joined, which I didn't know much about, you know, a long time ago now is very different again now. And it's, there's so much choice out there. There's so much misinformation. It's, you know, you enter the world of actives and that's completely bamboozling for people. You know, if if you want to introduce a vitamin C, you know, the complexity around just that choice, because this Mm. is very hard to navigate depending on what you're wanting to get from your skincare. Um, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to problem solving. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to dive into that actually in the different conditions, because I think what you say there, some of the things I just pick up on is so important because when you talk about the acceptance that you have it, but that you can make conscious choices, it, it reminds me very similarly when I was diagnosed with PCOS and I was pretty much told, you know, you may, this is, you may never have children. How disempowering is that? First of all, yeah. right. You may not be able to have endometriosis as well. And then with the, you know, you are more likely to develop t- type two diabetes again, quite scary, particularly when you mm. had a family history, you know, the acne that you're experiencing is probably down to the PCOS, which it is. And, you know, but then, understanding actually that I could make active choices to it's never going to go away of course Mm. I have PCOS yes it takes a bit more work to manage my blood sugar than other people but once you accept and and realize that you can bring things within your control and make conscious choices it's so much more empowering isn't it and I think it's similar to 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 you what you were saying there Um, but it's so often we get this diagnosis from a doctor that you know medication is the only way out of this and you know, inherently, you don't want to feel that because you are giving away your power. It's like, if I don't mm. take this medicine, now I'm going to be suffering. Uh, it's, it's not, yeah, the, the greatest approach. Um, um, I relate to that on so many levels. And I think once you take that step, and sometimes it's quite a painful step. I mean, I had to meticulously document my life to work out what my triggers were. But I always say to people, if you are struggling, just know, know your skin. And it takes a bit of effort. And it really does. But God, is, is it worth it? 
because you'll start to see patterns emerge, whether it's food, whether it's particular skincare you're using and trying and reacting to, you'll start to see common ingredients. You know, it does, it does take some unpicking, but it was life-changing for me. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this for a start because mm. it got me into ingredient lists and, and that just fascinated me and opened up a whole new world and a really positive, wonderful world that, you know, it changed my life, but it changed my life in, a, in, in skin ways too, because it is that notion of being, um, feeling like you can take charge. It's very powerful. Very powerful. So before we dive into the actives, just because I think uh, obviously there's a, there's a gut piece of this, there's a mind piece, there's so many levels really, isn't it? When we're talking about the skin, you mentioned there that you were really meticulously uh, noting down what you were eating, what those triggers were, and you worked out the old wine was better, uh, <laughs> the new world wine. Um, what were the other things when you were going through it? Because I know, for example, like with acne, dairy is a very common trigger. What were you yes. finding? Was it was was it foods, that, for example, that were higher in histamine that was causing more of a problem? Or do you know what? I mean, it was it was well. At one point, I went down the whole salicylate um, route to find out whether the salicylates and food were affecting me. And actually I spent a lot, a lot, I mean, I went down a rabbit hole there for months, possibly <laughs> months of my life because salicylates are in everything and all the things that you think you're eating that are really good, like spinach, cucumber, full of salicylates. So, um, so that was, I just gave up on that because I actually thought, well, actually there's nothing, I could literally eat nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which so, wouldn't be very healthy anyway. Uh, no, it wouldn't be really healthy at all. And, and I do think that, that actually you, yeah, and particularly you talked about dairy and eczema. And I remember, man, it, we'll talk, we can talk about this in a minute, but uh, managing a child with eczema. And, and I had a great child mind at the time. He said, be very careful about excluding whole food groups because A, it might be completely unnecessary and B, very hard to reintroduce them. So I always sort of say, you know, you've got to be quite mindful about and also get advice on when you're managing food exclusion diets. And but for me, all sorts of random things. So like tomatoes is a classic one. Um, not great if they're raw, but much better if they're cooked. Um, there were certain ingredients was one in particular. That's interesting. For not, for I, I struggle when they're cooked because generally it's a much more concentrated dose. So a few like cherry tomatoes in a salad is fine, but for it's example, if I have a tomato though. based, yeah, then yeah. it's uh, but that's very but but that's you're not comparing like with like. No, that's true. Concentration of tomatoes is mm. like you know hundreds. Exactly. If you look at tomato puree, yeah, how yeah. concentrated. Yeah, so that's is. different. I mean, if yeah. I took the same amount of tomatoes and ate okay, them, and cooked, cooked or uncooked, um, but and also it, it's so personal and it changes all the time. So that was from, that was one example. Also, particular ingredients in skincare. So there were several which are quite, quite unpronounceable, but um, I mean, some of them are quite well known. So sulfate's not great. Propylene glycol is not good. Phenoxyethanol um, is a preservative that was commonly used to replace parabens, which there was a big scare about, um, and not great for me. There's one called MI. It's called I can't even pronounce it, but it's abbreviated to MI, which has now subsequently been very closely linked to eczema, and there's all sorts of um, restrictions now on how you can use that. But so there were, so I could start to see ingredients in skincare, um, yeah, all sorts. And so when I've asked skincare companies about this, why is it there? Uh, I get told to random answers from things like it's to enhance the delivery of the of the active ingredients and things like this. What what is it there for? And um, what's the issue with it? It can be it can be different things. So that what you just described is definitely 
one reason. Sometimes when um, actives or ingredients are extracted, they're kind of put into a base of propylene glycol. Um, so you can't sort of remove one from the other. Um, sometimes it's like a humectant as well. So it sort of keeps moisture in the skin. It's diff different things, but um, we don't use it. There are ways and means. There was ways to formulate differently. Um, sort of serums particularly. They used to be in serums a lot. And to get that very, very light texture um, and alcohol used to be used to be formulated with serums a lot. Um, serums used to be formulated with alcohol a lot. You just don't need them. But it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> but you, you just don't need them. So there are ways there are ways and means. There are ways around it. So I often get asked if there was one supplement and I had to narrow it down to one supplement that I would take, what would that be? And it would be Athletic Greens. Why? Because it contains pretty much everything you need. It has adaptogens in it. It has really good quality B vitamins and other vitamins and minerals. It has mushrooms. It has prebiotics, probiotics. And it also tastes incredibly good. And so I tend to have it first thing in the morning or add it into my morning smoothie. It's super easy to blend up. And it's just so lovely in like skin clearing, energy boosting, um, helps with gut health. It's just magical. So it's the one thing that I take absolutely every single day. And the cool thing is you can get a year's free supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs from my friends over at AG1. All you need to do is head over to athleticgreens.com forward slash Angela Foster. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash Angela Foster. Now let's get back to the show. Okay. And then in terms of the mind connection, I think we were both talking offline, you know, with our experience with children with eczema, for example, just how much stress makes, seems to make a difference. That's something. And it's interesting what you were saying there, because about not eliminating from children's diets, that was the decision I took very early on with my daughter, because I was like, I don't really want to be restricting you when we don't yet know what could be causing it. And from an observational point of view, what I found was over time is that actually chlorine did aggravate it. She's mm. a, a swimmer, but also, um, you know, just the stress of being at school, even though she absolutely loves it, inherently is putting a little bit more stress. Sometimes that can cause flare ups so around exams and things like that. Uh, and it seems unrelated to food because it's very easy to jump to conclusions and say, right, I'll remove this, remove this, remove this. And I think yeah. you, that there is an element of you then conditioning the child already. We don't want children to go grow up, particularly, I think, with feeling like they've got to restrict food uh, too much uh, for obvious reasons, particularly with girls. And that was my concern. Mm. What, what have you found with uh, X for yourself? Gosh, all sorts. Um and I did, yeah, it's, it's fascinating hearing hearing it because it sort of took me back. And I, when my child started to get eczema, I, it, it was so much worse than when I suffered with my skin. I mean, when I suffered with my skin, I was miserable, but I was just ten times more miserable with a really young child who couldn't really communicate that well, and and I was felt powerless to help. So, so for any parents out there who's going through that, I totally understand because it's you feel dreadful. Um, so for, with him, it was very interesting because he it onset with him. Um, quite young and he was about two and a half and it was when my his little brother arrived and we thought we'd managed it okay we weren't you know we were very busy business owners and but we thought he was aware that he was you know I was obviously quite big <laughs> he knew there was a baby in there but very it was very interesting very near just before the baby came you know a week before he came up to my stomach and said stay in there and oh, I really? was went, oh, wow. holy holy <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so I thought oh my, and I said to my husband he's not okay with this and 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 then when the baby arrived it was a real shock for him and um 
and they love each other now. It's fine. But um, yeah, very soon afterwards, he had eczema all down his legs and it onset. And we weren't sure whether it's because we'd moved him, you know, we'd, we'd changed a lot because we were moving him out of his cot and you know, and all of these things were changing mm, at the same sense, time. Yeah. So, and again, we, we had a new mattress. We're like, is it the mattress? Um, but actually, I think it was the stress. Um, and what I took a long time, and and because I was just so desperate to fix, and I also thought, as a skincare owner, Brandon, I mean, I should be able to do this, you know. <laughs> so, so I just threw everything at it and um, tried different supplements. And so I, I probably didn't really know at the end what it what had solved it ultimately. But the, what I did, one thing I did do was, and, I see, and I've seen this a lot since working with parents, is looking at some, and this is so simple, washing powder. Mm. And oh, yeah, that's, I do find that actually. So washing yeah, powder and, so. and even people using the, the kinder washing powders. Um, I'll, tell you a, I'll tell you a fact. So if you wanted to remove all residues of detergents from washing powder out of your clothes or bed linen or pajamas or it would take five washes to get them out if you put them in five times it would take five times on a really hot wash to get them out so that shows you that these residues stay and actually what we often would say to people is go just don't wash their clothes on anything just you can do a hot wash or whatever without any detergent and just see and lo and behold, about a month later, it would be getting better and better because as they wash the clothes again, I wouldn't ever suggest to go and wash your clothes five times in a row. It's a pretty painful thing to do. But as as time went on, mm, um, particularly in pyjamas, just think about pyjamas and think about bed linen. So we just removed all of it and didn't introduce, and for a long time later, reintroduced. And actually, my Did general... you use any essential oils for kind of no. just freshening no. up? No, no, no. Um, I didn't. And, and yes, the whites don't ever look, they look pretty gray and they don't, <laughs> but you know, you just, that was just the choice. And, and it made, I believe made a very big difference. And even when now, when I do use washing powder, I, I just realized that you, you just use about a third of the dose. Hmm. I just use a third, you know, yeah. you don't need to use the whole, whatever dose um so that's one thing i did the other critical thing i did actually this made a huge difference was bathing and i think when you see all that aggravation you just don't want to get it wet and you're just terrified of what to do and you think it's going to make it worse and actually bathing is one of the single most thing best things you can do daily so but it's really it's all about the detail and and what we found to be brilliant is bathing for you have to submerge the skin for at least five minutes obviously not hot water you know nice you know, lukewarm water that's calming. Um, I would put oats in the bath. So I think this was one of the most influential things. I used that with chicken pox, actually. Yeah, oats eat not so good, actually, bizarrely. But oats, topically applied. And I would put them in a tight sock and just, and you you squeeze out all the milk from the Mm. oats until the water is like a Cleopatra bath. It's more milky. You let them submerge under that and it should be for at least five minutes, but no more than 10. And that's really, and I used to put a timer on because after 10 minutes, it's thought that the kind of the air starts to draw moisture out of the skin. So you get them out and you need to get them dry, patted dry, very gently. And you need to get a lotion on or a cream on within seconds, Mm. seconds. So you lock in that moisture. Yeah, You get the moisture, you get a moisturizer on very, very quickly and then let that dry. And then I used to put a balm on top to seal everything in. 
mm. and I would make um, him sleep to me. in short pajamas so that his his skin could breathe and, and everything could dry well. And it was transformative. Yeah, that's a very similar to me, actually. Mm. And I, but I can't work out as well whether there's an element of, because um, I mean, my daughter's was always mild in any event, but yeah. whether there's an element as well of just outgrowing these things as well. Yes. It's interesting, I think, as they get older. Particularly if it is stress related. And it sounds mm. like in both our children's cases, there was definitely an element of stress. And maybe, you know, who knows, maybe part of it was that he just got used to having a brother. You know, yeah. um, so you just don't know. But but I do think, I, and actually I used to see him go into the bath, you know, the 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 inflammation in the skin was distressing and he'd come out and the oats had visibly calmed it visibly. So I think it was a combination. Um, but yeah. And, you know, and I, I, you have to be really careful here because obviously, again, I, I would say, I don't know, because I haven't seen your daughter's skin, but my son's was bad, but it wasn't, and it wasn't extreme eczema at all. And many children's are, and you have to, that, you know, you do, your GP has its place there and mm. steroids can have their place. But I think the problem is, is that you need, there is a very particular way to apply them and they shouldn't be used long-term. And the, the trick with steroids is you use them as soon as you see a smidgen and you get it on quickly. And then you, sh you shouldn't need to reapply. It should just act very quickly and you mm. nip it in the bud. Um, you shouldn't just be applying everywhere. And you shouldn't be. Whereas I think ever, a lot of people assume I'll wait and hopefully it will get better, and then it gets worse and worse and worse, and then they go for a steroid cream. It's where it's the way you apply it, and you shouldn't have to apply it repeatedly, and it and you should apply it on the, in isolated spots where it's needed. Mm. Um, but uh, but we never went down that route because we didn't have to. But uh, it was painstaking, painstaking, but worth it, and he's fine now. So lucky us. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, likewise, as I say, my daughter's was quite mild. So I think for people listening, it's hard, isn't it? Because if your child hard. has very severe eczema, yeah. or I know uh, my hairdresser actually has very bad eczema, she really struggles with it. And I yes. think as an adult, that can be. Let's talk about the skincare then, because yes. you offer consultations, which is quite unusual uh, for, for many companies. So people can actually uh, get a consultation and really understand how to target uh, their skin let's um where where's the best place to start do you think someone Benzing. let's take uh let's say someone who maybe has hydration issues uh and they feel like their skin's a little bit dull what kind of products because i know as soon as i think of like dullness i think of vitamin c yeah but okay. vitamin c i've struggled actually from from breakout perspective i think vitamin c can be quite challenging sometimes depending on the delivery system because i've used some that are not in yeah. a water base and then other ones in an oil that are quite challenging so i'm curious your thoughts that's there. fascinating this is all about it, do you know what when you if you react to vitamin c it's not it's it's very unlikely to be the vitamin c you're reacting to it's everything else so to your point, the delivery agents um is also concentrations and the fact that if you're using a water-soluble vitamin c which is actually usually the culprits for most it sounds oh, it's interesting, interesting it's different for you is because for that vitamin c to stay active because it's water-soluble vitamin c is so unstable you have to keep it at a ph of 3.5 for it to stay at all active and the other problem so that's not great for the skin so your your, your whole formula is is too low a pH, which is very imbalancing. So that's an issue. But equally, any water-soluble ingredient cannot penetrate the skin. It cannot. Your skin is a, you know, has, is a barrier and it, it's designed to, so that when we jump in a swimming pool, we don't inflate with water. It is, you know, you can't, um, you can't easily absorb water and soluble ingredients. So that's the issue. And so uh, water, water um, uh, 
vitamin C's, with soluble vitamin C's, you have that's why they're often in such high concentrations because you have to put masses in just to hope that some of it will work. Check now because this is on a spray. Right. Um, so you want an oil soluble. You always want an oil soluble. It just sounds like it's the formula. The rest of the formula you need to think about that might be challenging because an oil soluble is the right pH. It penetrates the skin properly. It doesn't release into the skin until it's in the skin. That's really important. That's what you want. So it's slow releasing, um, and you get a controlled dose. So from your first drop to your, or your first pump to your last pump of your bottle, you're getting the same amount. So, so um, it shouldn't actually have any contact with the air either, presumably because no, it's so no, unstable. Not, because what you'll see some soluble, of them are in, um, well, even in ours, because sometimes they'll come in sort of a tincture format. Is that okay? Yeah, because then you're opening it and exposing it. That's fine it. if it's oil soluble. Oil soluble is very stable. Okay. And you can heat an oil soluble vitamin C to eight degrees and it'll be oh, fine so oil soluble very very stable and that's one of the benefits of it um it's the water soluble that has to be either encapsulated or yeah you don't want it it's very very sensitive to air heat light uh temp, yeah temperature no but what else what have i not said so yeah um but anyway you asked a very important question which was where to start and if and let you let's take the example of dehydration, but I would apply this to actually any person's skin issue or frustration. Good skin um, health and and is all about cleansing. It starts with cleansing every time. And I cannot tell you over the last decade how many people's skin we have helped just by fixing their cleansing. And it's usually because clean, often cleansers are contain surfactants so they're kind of and they don't always foam you know often a, a good clue of that is that it foams but often there are even cream cleansers that have surfactants in them it's a really cheat way of getting dirt and grime and makeup off easily but they again it's all about ph they spike your ph they strip away your natural oil your skin panics and overproduces or if you've got an older skin type that struggles to produce oil you're kind of prematurely aging your skin every day but fundamentally i use the analogy of um probiotics right detergents don't have the probiotics um, not probiotics antibiotics sorry <laughs> antibiotics don't have the intelligence to leave kind of good bacteria in your guts right they just mm. whip through and it's the same with with detergents and cleansers they just they just whip everything away very effect- efficiently but they strip everything including all your good oil that you want and so your skin has to overproduce or it, un- it, it struggles to replace. Um, so, which would aggravate that, acne then? Which because... would well, it does all sorts of things. Actually, with acne, that it's it's really damaging for acne because it, any skin that's that's doesn't have enough oil is um, will overproduce. But also, it yeah, skin is really dehydrated. So often, actually, it's really interesting. People with acne have dehydrated skin, but don't realise because they're cleansing wrong, often over cleansing. Mm. And so, what happens is their skin is feeling like it's lacking moisture, and one of the the ways it um, compensates is to produce oil to make it feel more hydrated. So, actually, one of the tricks of that is actually to introduce oil to your skin, which anyone with acne would be horrified at. But it's incredibly helpful. I found it the most helpful thing to be honest. Oh, putting oil on at night is the thing that like calms it down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because your skin is then not going to overproduce sebum, mm. and and it's all about the oil because obviously you don't want a comedogenic oil. We have this beautiful oil. It's this you won't believe the color, but it's completely black. It's black cumin seed oil, 
That's one of our test mm. products, uh, um, but it is on the market now. And it's um, black cumin soda oil and charcoal. But that's a beautiful oil that's actually going to detoxify the skin. But it's going to, it's lovely to use. It's very light, but it just traps moisture in. So, so you're not going to have that issue. Your skin's not going to overproduce oil. It's going to kind of regulate your sebum production. But anyway, back to cleansing. That's the, the point is, is that whatever your skin type, it poor cleanses will imbalance your skin. And once you have imbalanced skin, um, you're on a kind of high road to nowhere, but it's very hard to come back from. And what we see often is people will cleanse and their skin, you know, get that feeling of tightness after you if you cleanse. If you feel that, you're using the wrong cleanser. Stop. Um, and... Um, how can you effectively take makeup off? Because I use like an oil, like a oil balm that basically yeah, yeah. removes lovely. makeup. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. yeah, there's lots of, so we have two. We have a creamy cleanser, has no surfactant at all. We're using a combination of oils, but in a cream emulsion that just, that's either dissolve dirt or grip dirt and take them away, take it away. So it's very gentle, comes with a lovely cloth. You use together, it's a beautiful, quite spa-like cleanse, but very efficient, will take off mascara, right? You don't need these, surfactants to remove you don't need them um we also have an oil cleanse and oil cleanses are great and brilliant i would say if you are somebody who wears more makeup or particularly a mineral spf an oil cleanse is brilliant because it's going to very efficiently take off makeup dissolve it again mascara you, i always say that a good cleanser should take off your eye makeup you shouldn't need a separate eye makeup remover um and you just again you, you but both ours you apply to dry skin but it just dissolves dirt and you just rinse away that one just turns to a milk and rinses away but you're not you've not got the sulfates and the betaines kind of detergents in there and honestly at the number of times i've just seen people's skin misbehaving because it's imbalanced and we'll often do the kind of the 30-day cleansing challenge and say go away just because I think people come to us and say, "What? What's the moisturizer fix, or what's the serum fix?" And we're like, "No, no, 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 it's no, the no, 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 fix. no, it's the cleansing <laughs> fix." And that'll and that, what happens is if you just going back to that feeling of when your skin feels tight after cleansing, you can very easily misdiagnose your skin type. So people come and say, "Oh, I've got very dry skin." Well, actually, no, you haven't, but you're feeling it's dry because you're you're using the wrong cleansers. It feels really dry all the time and tight and flaky, but it's not necessarily. And what you find is if you get into a good habit of cleansing, I would say it's, it's so transformative. You can then, we can then get you on the right path. But once you've gone down that path, kind of, you have to, it's quite hard to get people back from. Hmm. And should so, you cleanse twice, presumably, to, so that's I what I've been taught, to cleanse twice to so, remove makeup? Oh, oh, in one sitting? Mm-hmm. Yes. If you've got, if you've had a, if you've worn more makeup or SPF, I think particularly together, if you've worn an SPF day and makeup on top, um, you, a good double cleanse is great. And you could do either our oil cleanse first and then our cream cleanse, or you could do a double cleanse with either. Um, I don't always. And I think because I have the skin I have, less is more for me. I, I know that. So if I've had a very light makeup day or a no makeup day, I'll just do a one-step cleanse. And even in the morning, I, because I have two young children and a business to run, I don't always, always cleanse in the morning. I will definitely, if I've used that black charcoal oil I would always but um but I'll give my skin a good wash and and uh, use a flannel but I think if you're if you're more on the hypersensitive side just be careful and just less is more and build from there 
And what should you do after cleansing? What's a really good morning and evening routine? So I think uh, for somebody who is looking for that glowing skin, good hydration levels, protecting the skin against aging, enhancing collagen, what's what's the ideal combination here? God, um, so, okay, so let me take you through mine because I'm all of tick, 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 right? No, I said a good cleanse. I would use peptides. So we have so we have these little, I was telling you about these little um Yes, these boosters, which are exciting. They're so cute. So this is this one's the inulin. So that's really good. That's a prebiotic, very good for calming and building your barrier. This is the peptides, I think. Um, and what they are, you just put a couple of drops into your existing products. So what, what peptides are they? They are um pea peptides. They're coming from pea. Pea. Okay. Um, and there's two types. My mind has gone blank, but oh, I know wow. they come from pea. And they um, so peptides are really interesting because they do send a message to your skin to produce collagen. Collagen, we have one of those coming, but collagen t- applied topically does not boost your collagen. It's a complete misnomer. Peptides mm. though can send a message to produce collagen. So, and I have to say, it's probably one of the ingredients I've introduced m- more recently that has had such an impact on my skin um, in terms of tone and plumpness and so it's fantastic. So I would put that into a serum. So I use our hydrating serum um, and apply that together. And then I would just use an oil at the end and I would mist before an oil. So we have a lovely mist called Century Flower. Um, really calming if you, if you get rashy, reds, hot skin. It's good for that too. But I would mist and then apply oil. So I use it. Oh, this. I think I have this mist and oil. So now I know how to oh, use it. So the it. mist. So you always say a little hack. Mist yeah. before oil is the perfect way to apply oil because okay. you get a very even application and you trap in that moisture. So it's just yeah. you're layering in moisture. And nice. I actually, my other hack is I mist between most steps because you just ah. in. You like do it before serum. I do it before moisturizer. I do it because it's a really nice way because it will make your products go further. They'll apply more evenly. But with oil particularly, um, just three. I just do three drops. This is our rose hip. Look at that color. That is carotenoids. That is just pure mm. rose hip. We use the whole hip, not just the seeds. Omega three, six, seven, nine. It's magical. Uh, it's our cult product, and it's the thing we we're most famous for. But just three. But most rose hip doesn't look like three that. drops. Three drops, and you're just going to pat that. So you just literally put it between your fingers, and you just pat onto the skin, onto misted skin. So you shouldn't rub in. I often see this when I look at um, videos on Instagram, anyone that's in the beauty industry, they always gently pat. (laughs) Gentle Um, pat. Why is this? Why do we do this? Just because you just don't want to, um, well, particularly for me, I mean, I have demographism, so I don't want to just do loads of this because I would get (laughs) rushes. You just want to gently pat because you just don't want to kind of push and pull the skin. Okay. Um, Eye cream, people, you want to apply low. And let it absorb what it needs. Um, but so that's my evening. And then in the morning, I would just cleanse and, and then moisturize and then SPF. And the, the moisturizer I would use is a vitamin C mm-hmm. um, and, and great to pair with SPF. And vitamin C is, a, you, can, you can use a vitamin C moisturizer at night, but it's better in the day because it has brilliant antioxidants. It's a brilliant antioxidant. It's going to really help um, prevent against UVA, B damage. So um, it's all about the quality of the 
It's all about the quality of the vitamin C. So I want to tell you about a probiotic that I've been taking recently called P3OM by my friends over at Bioptimizers that has a certain type of lactobacillus. It's lactobacillus plantarum that actually has been shown in recent scientific literature to enhance your body's own production of folate. So we all know that folate is really important for a process in the body known as methylation. But normally we think about where can we get folate from our food or from supplementation. And what's been found in recent research led by Dr. Cara Fitzgerald is that actually if we use certain probiotic bacteria, then our microbiome can actually produce more folate for us, which is very, very cool. And that particular probiotic is in the P3OM by Bioptimizers. And that's one of the reasons that I take it every day. It's also because it has been really improving the health of my gut, reducing things like gas and bloating. It increases mental clarity and focus. And it also boosts amino acid absorption because it helps convert protein into usable amino acids that feed your brain, gut, and muscles. And as you know, I am a big fan of incorporating enough protein in our nutrition and diet plans because it helps to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. It gives us those very important amino acids which actually contribute to things like mental focus and clarity. And probiotic P3OM by Bioptimizers helps you do all of that. It's nothing short of amazing. And you can get 10% off that probiotic by heading over to bioptimizers.com forward slash Angela and entering code Angela10 at checkout. That is bioptimizers.com forward slash Angela and just enter code Angela10 at checkout. You'll get 10% off probiotic P3OM and also the other products that I love by them, the blood sugar breakthrough, which is incredible for helping you regulate your blood sugar, particularly after a high carb meal. Um, the magnesium breakthrough that I take every day and really helps me to sleep, but actually magnesium is about so much more than that uh, because it's used in so many processes in the body. And I'm so excited to say that now their delicious tasting chocolate protein powder that you've probably seen me posting about on Instagram is also now available in the UK and that is their protein breakthrough. So you can go and grab a cool 10% off all of those over at bioptimizers.com forward slash Angela and entering code Angela10 at checkout. Now let's get back to the show. And do you have a um, SPF that's we do. Natural, it's not a chemical sunscreen. It's a mineral sunscreen. Everything's mm. a chemical, let's not forget. So we got it. So I always sort of say when people say, oh it's chemical. Um you know, water's a chemical, everything's a chemical. So, but um, it's not, it's a, it's a mineral one. It's not a, a more synthetic. Um, synthetic, that's the best word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a mineral and it's called British Summertime. British Summertime. And we call it that because, not because of, just because it's British Summertime, we call it because of the BST, because of when the time, when the clocks go forward. And that, you know, that feeling as Brits, when mm. the, the clocks go forward and it's spring as, you know, we start summer officially. Mm-hmm. Start at British summertime. That's when I joy- generally get excited. It's a joyous moment in every yeah, isn't it? British, <laughs> it is. British person's life. Like we literally are euphoric. So. The next day we're walking around the streets and everyone's lovely to each other because we're euphoric. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's why we just called it that because we just love that day. That's a great name. <laughs> and it's, it's so true because I think now we're recording this at the end of September. Yeah. Goodness me, I just noticed with the busyness, those lovely summer walks that if I hadn't, you know, take my dogs out a little bit in the morning, but if I didn't have time, I was really busy, like podcasting and coaching and things all day that's okay because I could have a beautiful evening walk and now it's just going so I yeah yesterday evening my daughter was playing 
hockey and the sun was just going just so fast while I was trying to walk the dogs and it's cold and it's wet and then they come back grubby and dirty and it's yeah, like yeah. just praying for March to roll right back around yeah, well, again. Well, someone said to me yesterday, it's the problem with this time of year is it's you're just entering a tunnel. And I thought mm. it was so well put because, you know, you just see this long... <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, it's a long five months before you come out the other end. Mm. Anyway, on that, just cheery note. <laughs> cheery note. The only thing I suppose it, I do see the benefit is you do get to see, as long as it's a clear day, every sunrise and sunset, you can pretty much guarantee it. And I did that with my son one year. We sort of decided to take photos of the sun rising and setting. That was a kind of our way oh, of getting lovely. through those winter months. And actually, it was really lovely. It's special. Oh, We've still lovely. got the photos. Yeah. yeah that's so nice. So, it's nice. I like uh, the seasons. I like the change of seasons, really. I wouldn't yeah. want it to be summer all the time. No, exactly. Um, so, okay. And then what about these actives? Because this is exciting. I always like the idea of adding something extra in if you want to give it a little bit of a boost. How do those work? So you can, I mean, the beauty of them is um, we're calling them our affordable actives. So it's our, it really is our kind of cost of living crisis answer for people. But if you particularly, if you don't, well, there's, two, there's different dimensions to this. The first is that I was continually told I couldn't use actives because I have, you know, hypersensitive skin. And, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm in my mid-40s and I'd quite like some, you know, <laughs> an extra bit or, you know, a bit, bit of a boost. So I would say, actually, if you do have challenging skin, there's absolutely no reason you can't. First of all, it's about finding the quality of the ingredient and, and the quality form. And, and it's been really sensitively made uh, and thoughtfully made for, for your skin type. So that's the first thing we're trying to do them really affordably. So they're 19 pounds, which is amazing. So you can it's just, put, and you just put a drop into your existing products. So you, and the beauty of them is they're so versatile. So you could put vitamin C, a drop into your moisturizer in the morning, and then you could put a drop of peptides into your evening routine, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a serum or oil even, and it, they blend really well together. And it's just a great way of doing it without you necessarily. I think again, if you are somebody who, um, has struggled with skin and you, maybe you've found a good groove, right, with the products you're using, um, you can add your pie concentrates into your existing products without having to go out and spend another £100 on a new product. Yeah, add these actives in. I'm thinking about the charcoal one. What was it, charcoal with? That's not an active. That's, that's, that's not an active. That's that's, I just showed you the little mini form. This is the little mini. Ah, okay. Bigger bottle. This isn't an active. This is just a facial oil that we have called Carbon Star, but it's very much for acne-prone, blemish-prone skin. I think um, that might be a good thing jobs. before diving into the sauna, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, no, well, you would want your skin work. into a sauna. Well, I think you'd want... You want, you want skin, it free. You want your skin free. So it's, Yeah, there's some, some things the toxins you out. Well, yeah. Would it inhibit the toxins, though? Because the oils go in quite... I thought they'd penetrate quite deeply and quickly. I think, I would you advise waiting? I would... I, I wouldn't put personally I wouldn't go into a sauna with skincare with on. anything on. I'd want part of the point of saunas is that you're purging yeah I didn't know if your charcoal was going to help with that mm, no because I, I think it was in a different form maybe but because it's in an oil form I think it would just seal in the skin I think it might seal okay, it right. I think you want to want to do a proper sweaters. So how would the charcoal work in terms of detoxifying then? Are you putting it on at night? You put it on at night and you would only ever use this product at night. Okay. Only at night. You'd never put it on the morning. And what it does is it just generally um, absorbs kind of oxidized sebum and just impurities in the skin. And, And then in the morning, you do a really good cleanse in the morning. 
and then it washes away. But the black cumin seed is in there too. So that's, again, what's giving that beautiful colour. And the, the hero ingredient is actually the black cumin seeds. And it's, I mean, it's got an extra, it's extraordinarily complex. Um, but in its simplest description, it's really antibacterial. But it's really kind on the skin as well. Because I think if you think about spot treatments and they tend to have a benzoyl peroxide in them. They often have a salicylic acid in them. Not everyone, salicylic acid is a milder, obviously, but some people really struggle with it. And benzoyl peroxide is just a pretty harsh ingredient that actually I always say is one of those ingredients that, that comes to fix a problem and leaves behind a different one. No ingredient, no skincare ingredient or skincare product should, should fix one thing and, cre- and create a different, leave a different problem. And I think benzoyl peroxide, you get that beautiful crust around the spot <laughs> afterwards. You know, it's just drying out the skin. It's not, it leaves the skin imbalanced. And there's ways to tackle acne. And actually the best way is to keep the skin in balance. Um, so you're tackling the inflammation and the, and the you know, and, and you need a bacterial action. So that's what this product does so beautifully. Um, so it's going to tackle, and what I would say is that it's a great product to use preventatively or in the active stage of a breakout. And then the rosette, which I showed before, the bright orange oil is great for the end of a breakout. Um, just for sort of calming inflammation, healing for healing. So it's great if you've got one of this sort of a persistent blemish or scar that just won't budge. So people love that oil for acne scars. You just, it's just going to just push on the healing it's a very um it's a very regenerative ingredient and what about your thoughts around things like hyaluronic acid for example for hydration really good um there's a lot of debate about hyaluronic acid and i don't i think that's pretty unfair and i think people don't understand enough how it works but it's brilliant it's a it's, it's why it's been in the beauty industry so long and it stood the test of time because it's just an it's a fantastic skin hydrator um so i'm all in favor it's in the mist, actually. It's in our mist. It's, okay. it's in our vitamin C serum, um, but it's it's it, it features in our serums. And you've got um, from the beta carotene, presume like natural vitamin A to kind of help enhance collagen production. Is that beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. Well, as I say, I've just started experimenting with the, with the products. They they smell and feel beautiful so I'm excited I think I'm probably gonna head over and pick up some of your actives to try as well and just drop them in <laughs> it's something I'm kind of addicted right, to skincare yeah. I was like playing with it and my daughter now she's 10 and she's got quite into it she's like mommy can I come and use your oils <laughs> when the pie skincare arrived she was like yes. oh, what's this? yeah be careful we hear this a lot from mums actually saying my bloody daughter is just yep actually last night when someone said my bloody son is just um keeps nicking my uh, moisturizer so anyway I've got this uh, vibrant blue oil that smells amazing. She's now associated it with sleep. So she goes and puts on, but I think a, a couple of drops that I might use a drop or two, the bottle's going down so quickly. I'm thinking, <laughs> I look at her skin, I'm like, you're looking glowing, Yasmina. And uh, yeah, I think maybe it's like overused. <laughs> <laughs> makes it expensive oh amazing um thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all this where can people find out more about you sarah um the consultations the skincare please share so so website is piskincare.com um you can book on there so the consultations don't forget you can book very easily on there you can have as many as you want they're completely free um on we're on instagram at piskincare and my personal um channel is uh, at piskincare underscore sarah with an h underscore Sarah lovely we will link to all of that in the show notes it's been amazing to have you on thank you so much for coming thank you for having me
been a pleasure. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you know of anyone who's struggling with their skin or they're just looking for a really good quality organic skincare brand, then please share this episode with them. Share the love and share the knowledge and it also helps to get the message of the show out there to a wider audience. Sarah has also been very kind in terms of giving listeners of this podcast a 10% discount off her skincare range. All you need to do is head over to buyskincare.com and check out the products there. And if you enter code HBH10 at checkout, you'll get 10 percent off your order they also offer free consultations which is really helpful in terms of you actually establishing which products are going to work best for you and you can find that all over on their website pieskincare.com and just use the discount hph10 thanks so much for listening to another episode of the high performance health podcast we really hope you enjoyed the show and this podcast wouldn't happen without listeners and supporters like you and the best way to support the show and to support me is to head over to itunes or whichever platform you're listening on and provide us with a five-star review. This really helps us to spread the message wider and help and impact more people to optimize their health and longevity. And if we read out your five-star review, please reach out to us at info at AngelaFosterPerformance.com with your name and your postal address and we will send you a cool biohacking supplement or something else. Thanks again for listening and until next time, keep biosyncing and stay optimized. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body, and lifestyle.